Has a client ever asked you to do anything that you're like, oh, for the love, please don't make me ask the caterer to do this? Yep, we've all been there. All right, let's talk about it. Welcome to the Refined Podcast with Amber Anderson, where wedding planners like you come to be encouraged and challenged through radical honesty, tough love, and brilliant ideas. As a former personal trainer turned wedding planner and now educator, Amber is known for helping wedding planners grow through her no BS yet considerate and thoughtful approach. The Refined Podcast tackles the issues you think about but fear bringing up, all with Amber's trademark sass and wit. So as you listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button, making sure you never miss that one little nugget that could change it all for you. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Refine Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about our position as a wedding planner in advocating for our clients when they're asking for things that aren't realistic or that aren't standard or that might cause tension in our referral relationships, right? So when we work with preferred partners that are sending us clients, those are our repeat clients, right? Like that's the hand that feeds me. So when I have a client that then now asks me for catering to put some random clause in their contract that's so beyond not standard or wants, you know, just something that feels uh, disrespectful to ask for, we still have to figure that out right? So I think the first step here should be educating clients. We need to have our referral base. We need to have our peer partners, our wedding pro peers in mind. We need to always have each other's backs the same way that we're asking them to have our backs when it comes to educating clients on planners and making sure that they hire professionals to do this work, okay? So our first step here is to educate the client on why this ask is outside the box, why this ask may receive a certain type of answer. We'll set the expectations for them and let them know, hey, I will, I will, I will go ask the wedding pro. Here's what I expect that the answer will be. Here's some ideas that we can could consider, some alternatives that I think that you know might be a compromise or a better solution. Let's consider those. Here's the why, the how, uh, the ramifications. That way they understand that, you know, when the wedding pro is asked this question and they come back you expect that they will give it's not just a no it's a this is a standard for a reason or that's outside of the box because of or you know we've tried this and here's what's happened and we can explain to the client that hey these relationships matter for these you know for for the health of your event we need to make sure that the wedding pros continue to feel respected. So there are certain kinds of questions that when we go to wedding pros and ask them that, they now have us as red flag clients and they're a little less likely to go above and beyond because they in some way feel disrespected. Doesn't mean that you as the client are being disrespectful. This is a matter of you don't know what you don't know, right? So like all you know to do is ask the question. Okay. So I'm I'm, I'm providing the answer and I'm just letting you know that this can feel this can this can create tension with that wedding pro. So a lot of times when we educate our clients in that way, they're like, oh yeah, no. And they kind of walk that back and they they look at maybe another solution or idea and they just drop it altogether. And then other times they're like, uh, no, I'm the client you're going to ask. And if you don't, I will. And then they cause this big old scene, right? So in the instance where they are insisting that we ask, I think the approach in our conversation with that wedding pro peer matters, right? Even if this is not a peer that has ever sent you a referral, they could send you a referral, right? And I I, I think that this approach will gain so much respect uh, for you that it could turn into a referral. So here's the approach I recommend. 
I recommend reaching out to the wedding pro and ideally over phone, right? Because anything you put in writing can get circulated, right? And so at the end of the day, maybe they end up winning the client over and have the best relationship with them. And the client ends up hating me as the planner, not because of this, this approach is not going to land you in that because of something, but maybe because of something totally unrelated. And then at the end, this email that you've sent now gets sent back to them, to the client, and they've got ammo on you. So I think whether you send email or phone call or not, this is the approach, but I would go with phone. And I would say, hey, look, you know, I, as a planner, I wouldn't be doing my job for, you know, in, in advocating for the client if I didn't ask this question. I have educated them that X, Y, and Z is likely the answer. I've let them know why that's not the standard and, and just kind of fill them in on how you've educated the client so that they know and see, hey, look, I've, I've really tried here. I've also done my job by you, but making sure that they know what they're asking for is not you know, the norm, right? And then you can also say, hey, I, I've, I've let the client know that I anticipate that XYZ will be the answer. And, but again, they're insisting that I ask. So I do want to see if there's anything we can do in this regard. And I respect any decision that you make on this and we'll support that. Let me know what you think, right? So you just think that that approach comes across to them as, You've tried and they know they've seen these ridiculous clients, right? Like they know, right? They, they know you're not the problem. They know that you've tried. All you can do is try, right? And, and it's not your job to speak for the vendor, the wedding pro, right? Like they actually may have a solution for it. There actually may be something creative that comes about that ends up creating like a new service offering or something for them. So it's always worth asking. And you can even add that part to the conversation. Say, hey, I was thinking about this. And while it's not norm or standard, maybe there's an angle here that we could consider that it become normal and standard and be an added stream of revenue. Like let's, let's noodle this, right? So you can be the hero in that way, but you can also make sure that both parties understand that, Hey, if we, if we make this exception, or if we add this clause, or if we do this, that or the other, it might also mean that we have to add or subtract somewhere else as well, right? Like we might need additional staffing for something over here. Or we might need to reduce in another way somewhere else. So you got to have those kinds of conversations. And I think that when wedding pros see that, they're more inclined to dialogue about it. And I think it's also really important to say, hey, look, we'll make sure that this is not, uh, that this is kind of kept on the down low because we don't want to make it known that you've made this exception and then everyone else everyone else asks for other exceptions, right? Because that can be a challenge. I can make things hard. So especially in the review process at the end, when, when, when we're, coaching our, we need to always be coaching our clients on how to give proper reviews. And that's a whole nother conversation in, the, in and of itself. But one aspect of that is to make sure that they know when a wedding pro goes above and beyond, that it, it, it that needs to be praised publicly in a review, but they don't need to go into detail as to what that wedding pro did above and beyond, right? Because we don't want to out their exceptions. We don't want to put them in a position where other people ask for something that is outside of their workflow and does create process, um, you know, jam for them. So simply leave it at, they went above and beyond. Okay. And we can let the wedding pro know that we're doing that. Let them know all of the ways that you stand up for them with the clients and, and make sure that they see that you really understand how this can have an impact and where you are willing to step up and make an exception yourself. You know, what, what, where are you, where are you willing to be a little bit more hands-on in this and whatnot? Because maybe, maybe what the client is asking is something that can actually benefit your portfolio. You know what I mean? And so take, take advantage of that exception 
but be willing to do the work and help out knowing that there could be some mutual benefit involved in that. Now, another piece of this conversation, and I'll wrap up with this, is that we need to talk about boundaries within mediation because when we work outside the box and we do make exceptions, you know, that's where things kind of go wrong at times. And that's what we've made clear to the client, right? Like, hey, this is where, this is not, a, this, because it's not part of the workflow, it's not, there's there's room for risk here, okay? So we're, we're opening up a can of worms and we're, we're opening up a space where error can occur and you need to be aware of that, right? And this is not something that is done regularly. So there's not, there's not, this is not practiced, okay? And so, and that might be more in the in the terms of like, you know, some sort of labor oriented offering, but when it comes to contract clauses or things like that, we just, if it's not tried and true, it's not tested, we don't know what the outcome could be. And so it also needs to be communicated that when these exceptions are made, that what is your, what is your role in mediating anything in the future, right? Planners in general need to have you need to make it clear in your contracts. This this needs to be mediation needs to be clear in your contract regardless. Okay. So your services end at what point? And if there is an issue that arises after the wedding where the rental company says, hey, all this damage happened. Okay. Did your service end the second you left the venue that night? Or does your service continue through fostering or facilitating those conversations? Are you part of that or not? Like you get to decide, but your contract needs to be very clear. Okay. I encourage that you're, you you uh, be available to provide counsel and guidance to your client, but they need to they need to be the ones um, having those conversations. You're not involved in those conversations. You're not the middleman. You're not in the you're not the um, person. Um, you're not saying anything on anyone's behalf. You're not going after anyone for anything. Okay, you are simply providing guidance to your client. That's it. Okay. Same with this. If you're making any kind of exception or you're asking something outside the norms or the standards, you need to make that clear. Again, refer back to that clause and just say, hey, after the wedding, like that, this is all you, okay? And so make sure that the wedding probe knows that as well. Just say, hey, you know, and make sure you thank them so much. Like, hey, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. You know, this is, well, we're not gonna make this um, a standard practice of, knocking on your door and asking for stuff I know you don't do. Uh, I do appreciate it. And I, I want to acknowledge that. And, and so make sure that they feel praised for that and don't make it pattern of doing that. Right. And, and does, that doesn't mean to say that over the course of these long relationships we have with them, that we won't ask for things occasionally, but it doesn't need to be, oh yeah, I know they'll do it. So I'm going to take advantage of it. Right. So we're still going to educate those clients and do our best to kind of steer them in a different direction. And and make sure that they know that. And at some point when, that's, when you know that something is being asked that is just like so beyond ridiculous and could cause damage to that relationship, it's okay for you to say, hey, it is my job to advocate for you. But as an advocate for you, I cannot make this ask because if I make this ask, I damage a relationship. And once we damage the relationship, that has consequences for your wedding day. And I'm not willing to put you in that position. Okay. Now the next step to that conversation, if they still push, you get to have the boundary for your own business. I'm not willing to put myself in that position. I'm not willing to put damage that for my relationship with this wedding pro. I appreciate you as a client. I appreciate, you know, that, uh, that, you know, I have a role here with you, but also this is a referral base for me. I cannot, I cannot create damage to that relationship. That is part of my livelihood. And you can eventually explain that to them. That is absolute last resort. This cannot be about you. 
Okay. But we all know how we get into those situations with those really awful clients. And at some point you're allowed to stand up for yourself. You absolutely can. And you should. Okay. And again, I think that if you just approach those wedding pros with a tone of respect and tone of, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, but without mocking the client and without being like, oh, they're so ridiculous and all this stuff, you don't want to build the relationship in that way. Uh, you want to just build it with a, hey, I educated them. So I hope this was helpful. Please reach out, send us a DM if you have a question or if you've tried this and have um, you know, a good story about it. We'd love to hear about that. You can find us on Instagram at Refine for Wedding Planners. And yes, we always love connecting with you. So like, share, and review this podcast and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you.